0: Welcome to the all-new season, the all-new edition of State Champs Indiana Extra Point, the audio-only edition, which is a shame because Bob Stambazi and I, Greg Rakestraw, are just that handsome. All bad jokes aside, we're just happy to be talking football with you. It was not a full slate of games in week one, but it was, I would say, 60-70% to of games were played in week number one, which certainly beats the alternative Good hello, my friends. Good to talk to you again. Good morning. You're still uh, uh, looking well with that beard. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you,
1: and talk about oh, I wouldn't take the hat off though. No, no, I would probably wouldn't. Do it. But I, I will say this: uh, uh, we still look good, whether you believe it or not. Uh, we 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 really look good. But man, you're so correct. What an interesting first week of IHSA high school football. All
0: right, so let's obviously the process of getting there. Uh, Because you and I, I think both of our original games changed. I know the game that you did was not on the schedule uh, until a a few days before it actually happened. Um, Our game, from a television standpoint, uh, was our second choice because the first one didn't happen and got moved to this week. So let's start with you. What was the game you were originally supposed to have on Friday night? We were originally going to go to Manchester with Manchester North Miami. But with social
1: distancing going on up there, uh, we felt we had to move the game, which we did. Uh, then we were going to go to Bluffton and do the Bluffton uh, Northfield game. Once again, social distancing became an issue there and uh, made, a, made a contact uh, with a good friend who happens to be the superintendent at Knox and Dr. Bill Riker, who used to be at Manchester. And I said, can we get into the booth? He said, yes, you can. I said, good, you're going to do the game with me, and we're on. And
0: that's what happened. So with that, Southwood and Knox were not supposed to play each other. Um, right. Knox was supposed to play their one of their bigger rivals in Winnemac. And there was there was some drama not behind canceling the game, but but behind the game. And, and, and frankly, it wasn't in a bad way. But Knox, for many years, was coached by John Hendricks. John went home to coach at Winnemac this offseason. <laughs> so Russ Radke, who was the second winningest coach in the history of Indiana high school football, takes over at Knox after a very successful stint at uh, New Prairie. And then a remarkably short stint where he never coached a game at Portage uh, as he went, from Knox to, or he went from New Prairie to Portage to Knox uh, from the end of last season to the beginning of, uh, of this season. Well, Winamac had to bag their first two games, as as some schools have done. It has been literally, if you have a positive COVID test, we're shutting this down for two weeks for everybody. So Southwood is the team that is more in your backyard than certainly Knox is. Who was Southwood supposed to play in the weekend?
1: And, and, you know, I said we were going to go do the Manchester game. Actually, originally, uh, we were going to go do the southwood McConaughey game. And right. that game got postponed. So we – we actually, in progression of eliminating schools to go do, but uh, McConaughey had an issue over there. They had to cancel their first two
0: games, and that's how we ended up out uh, up at Knox, a three A school. All right. So with that, that was a really good win for Southwood. You know, Knox is Knox is a three A school that largely plays one A and two A school. They were a sectional champion at the three A level a year ago. Uh, Big win on the road for Southwood. Tell me about it.
1: Well, it was just a great win when you came out in the ballgame. You looked at the size of the Hogs up front for uh, Knox, and you knew Southwood was going to have an issue. Well, they did have an issue the first couple possessions, and before you knew it, they were down by 14, 14 to nothing, and uh, Knox had over 170 yards in the first quarter alone. And then some senior leadership, Greg, took over. Uh, The Hogs, uh, they got together in a group, but I'm telling you, they were ripping over there. And when they come out in the field, it was not the same team that played the first quarter. They were entirely different. The second uh, quarter through, uh, they used the run to set up the pass because they went left, pick up two yards, go right, pick up a yard, and then they throw a 15-yard dump pass. And their passing attack was phenomenal as Alex Farr threw for 360 yards on the night. And they scored the winning touchdown trailing now as, as Knox came down and scored uh, to give them the lead back. Then Southwood turned around and came back down and scored the winning touchdown with 126 left in the ballgame. You think it's over? Uh-uh. Uh, Knox had a couple shots in the end zone. One was overthrown. Uh, the Rose kid, the quarterback, outstanding. What a call to young man. They got a big stud wideout uh, by the name of McIntyre. And they played him tight. They played him out. They played him wherever they want because Southwood had trouble trying to cover him. Well, he was the guy they went to twice in the end zone. One time it fell incomplete. One time it was knocked away. And that's really how the final ended up, 29-26, to because Southwood did one great thing. They did go for two points, uh, leading 27-26. to So it forced Knox to get in field goal position to tie the game, not for a win. And uh, it was just a great high school football game to open the season on.
0: I wouldn't say you live close to Knox, but you Mm. live closer to Knox than the folks at Southwood do. How long of a drive was that for Southwood to make? Well, Southwood made it, I believe, in two hours and 15 minutes. I made it in two hours. All right. So there you go. Because, you know, Bob has a lead foot, uh, you know, driving over the roads uh, all of these years. And that's going to be more common. And there is a phrase that I have coined for a lot of these games that are going to happen in a short span of time, arranged marriages, (laughs) used to a lot of that this year. For example, okay, when we mentioned the fact that Winnemack was supposed to play Knox, Winnemack was supposed to then play Pioneer this coming week. Um, Pioneer is a 1A school, but they're playing in 2A because of having won back-to-back state championships when Jack Kaiser was their star player. Well, who does Pioneer find to go play in week number two? Actually finds it going to come play them? Yeah, would be 6A Chesterton is coming to play 1A enrollment, 2A classification, Pioneer. Uh, And this is not going to be uncommon. You're going to see things like that. Not as dramatic of uh, of an arranged marriage, so to speak, from an enrollment standpoint that happened last week in the Indianapolis area. But for example, Carmel played Plainfield opposite sides of town uh that's 45 50 minutes from one to the other the game was announced on Tuesday the game was played on Friday Carmel was supposed to play Louisville Trinity in week one that game had been canceled three or four weeks ago because the Kentucky High School Athletic Association a delayed the season they're going to play here in a couple of weeks but b they also said listen You can go play a a team of other state if it's a contiguous county, if it's a border county. Mm -hmm. If not, you have to bag the game. Well, Loyal Trinity had three games scheduled against opponents from Indiana. They were going to play Carmel, Cathedral, and Warren Central. All of a sudden, there's three teams looking for games. Plainfield was supposed to play Greenfield Central. Greenfield Central issued a pause on their football season, and hence those two schools end up playing each other in a very limited time. Uh, another example I can give you of that literally happened over the course of the weekend. Bob and I record this show on Monday morning. Uh, on Sunday, I see it announced that Sheridan's game with Clinton Central was going to be canceled because Clinton Central is going to go to online learning for two weeks. By the end of the night Sunday, Sheridan announced that Benton Central had agreed to play them. So again, th- th- this is going to happen in what's What's funny or interesting to me, Bob, and, and you know this being in the planning business, being around sports as long as you have, some of these schedules, It's not like college football where you're booking 10 years out, but usually these games are done a year or two yeah. or three out, and now we're talking about like a three-day gap, hey, let's go play some pickup football.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, and this is one thing I talked with Dr. Bill Reichert at the superintendent of schools at Knox, and, and we've been friends for a long time, how fluid... We talk about the COVID, but yet how the ADs talk so much. Uh, they're out there scrambling and say, hey, look, if something happens, what do we do? And there's a board, you know, this, they post, hey, we need a game. We're looking for a game on this date." And uh, when I was talking uh, with uh, uh, Bill about this, there were three games they were looking at. And it was just so happy that they picked Southwood because they felt that was a compatible contest for Knox. That's why that game ended up. But there, there were some interesting crossovers, as I like to say. You called it a range, marriage, I called it a crossover on some of these teams. And it's going to be no bigger than Pioneer and Chesterton uh, this Friday night. There's going to be some great slobber knockers out there.
0: By the way, the game that I had this past week, i will talk about that in a second. We were supposed to have Center Grove and Warren Central. That got bagged a couple of weeks ago. They are now going to play this coming week uh, because Warren – wasn't ready to play in week number one so what happened was center grove then was open in week one their week two opponent in decatur central became open a week earlier in week number one because they were supposed to play new pal new pal simply said hey we because of some you know positive cases injuries whatever we don't think we're ready to play in week number one So Center Grove and Decatur agreed to move their game up a week and play in week one, which left them both open in week two. And all of a sudden, Center Grove's week one opponent says, hey, we're ready to play this Friday night. They simply reverse course and flip opponents. And uh, now Center Grove potentially could play a full schedule. And uh, Center Grove, wow, Uh, 56-14 over Decatur Central. Decatur Central A top 10 team in 5A. They lose a tremendous player in Kenny Tracy off of last year's team, Uh, but Kyle Enright's built a really solid program there. Um, Center Grove, is Bob, is so good. Um, This is, to me, as clear of a favorite as we have in the state of Indiana this year, Center Grove in 6A. You talked about them going to be good
1: last year for this year. I mean, you were just bubbling with the athleticism that they're going to have, the returning people. Going to have, uh, I tell you what. Listen to what you have to say, and, and hearing some of my coaches that I talked to say this team down there. He said this could
0: be a special football team,
1: yeah, is how they
0: talk about them up here. All right, so I'm going I'm to go over four individuals real quick for Center Grove, and I'll get talking about the game that I ended up having on Friday night. The young man, the Curry kid, that is is a junior. Uh, over the last week, he's had offers from Clemson in Texas. Uh, he has already been offered by Alabama, and I tell people this like on my short list of best high school football players I have seen. Um, I I put uh, James Banks from the Ben Davis team's early 2000s that played at Tennessee Mm -hmm. was on that list. Jason Warner, who was Mr. Football at Ron Colley. Purdue fans saw him play, but never saw him play fully healthy because of back issues. Um, But Jason was one of the single best high school football players I have seen. Then there is the group from a couple of years ago, the David Bell, George Karloftis, Jack Kaiser group, where I said, Hey, listen, the far bigger crime more so than Jack Kaiser winning Mr. Football over David Bell was the fact that George Karloftis wasn't a finalist for Mr. Football. (laughs) That, that was the bigger issue. And the process has since been changed uh, by the coaches association since that time. I said, don't worry, those three kids are all playing Sunday football in a handful of years. (laughs) And it kind of looks that was going to play out. So the Curry kid can be amongst that group. And let me give you one example. We had, I did their state final last year, did their semi-state game last year. He lines up over the nose. We have this great angle at center grove, an elevated camera that gives you the all-22 end zone look. And so he's lined up over the nose tackle. He makes the tack or the center, he's lined up and he makes the play on the far sideline for a gain of two. On the sideline, the kid that's, as a sophomore, that's 6'2", 260, uh, maybe 6'4", 260, he makes the play on the opposite sideline. Not because, you know, not because it's a 15-yard gain and he's just got the athleticism to catch the guy. No, 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 no. He gets all the way over there and it's a gain of two. And he's not the only Division One defensive lineman they've got. They've got the Booker kid that's going to play at Minnesota next year. They've got Taven Jackson at quarterback, who has been offered by multiple Division I schools. And they've got a kid that's been starting for them at running back since he was a freshman in Carson Steele. The offers have slowed on him just because he missed most of last year due to injury, and but now he's healthy and ready to go. My goodness, Bob Senadrove is loaded.
1: a so, yeah. you know, you, you said they were talking about that, and, and they're talking about the same way up in the region – on a couple teams. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm going to say it right now. This is going to be a whale of a state final this year.
0: By the way, Valpo in the region is is outstanding. Uh, They beat Penn. Uh, And I think the Valpo folks will say, hey, we didn't play our best and still beat Penn. We'll get to that game for a different reason coming up in a matter of moments. So my game on on Friday night was Brownsburg and Ben Davis. And this was just the fourth time they have met in the regular season. They opened against each other last year and Brownsburg won by five. Here's a statement, Baz, I didn't think I would ever get to making. The the clock rule came into effect at Ben Davis High School against Ben Davis. 38-7 was the final score. Brownsburg led 31-0 at halftime. It was 38-0 with three and a half minutes left to go in the third quarter, and the clock started running. Um, I only had that once in in 14 games last year. Didn't have it in any – Uh, of of the Mick versus Mick games that we had a year ago. Um, Teams don't do that to Ben Davis. Now, it's a Ben Davis team that was one of the four that shared a piece of the Mick championship last year uh, that made the semi-state, did that Ben Davis team last year. They graduate nine starters on offense. They graduate six starters on defense. They only return one starting offensive lineman, and that's where the game was won or lost, was along the offensive and defensive lines, but especially, I thought, the matchup, of Brownsburg's front four versus Ben Davis's offensive line because Ben Davis just could never get anything going offensively. Brownsburg scrimmage center growth. Uh, and so they kind of have an idea uh, maybe as to who the best team is. I will see Carmel this week. But, Bob, after watching them play, I kind of think there's a good chance that Brownsburg's probably the second best team in the state, really? at least in the 6A group.
1: Wow. That's amazing. So, By the way, I did throw this out too. I think there's a changing in the guard in Fort Wayne. Okay. I think the sack yep. is, I think the winger is still going to be there, but Northside spanked Snyder. And I mean, right. spanked him. And Lures uh, also took a tough loss. So, uh, and Homestead gets beat by Northam. So when you look at Northside and Northam getting a couple big wins there, we talk a lot about uh, down, down South in the anyway, but the sack this year is going to be an interesting race to follow. And I couldn't agree with you more about Valpo. Um, Maribald has picked up a couple transfers recently, and uh, so with all being D1 uh, transfers. So, uh, like I said in a second, I'm going to say it again. The state finals this year, could state tournament, let me rephrase that. State tournament this year is
0: going to be really challenging. I think 5A is going to be something special. Um, And and, and just because there's there's more depth at the top of 5A, this is only the seventh year. Let me do the math there. Maybe it's the eighth year uh, of having a a 5A tournament. 2013 was the first year we Mm -hmm. split. 5A and 6A. And so in the Indianapolis area, Cathedral's really good. New Pal is good, but they lost three Division I kids. It was more than just Spiegel. King and Hook, they're both primarily defensive guys, outstanding players. There were a lot of seniors. That was the deepest of all the great classes they've had the last six or seven years. That was their deepest senior class. They're still going to be good. They're not going to be as good as they were. Decatur Central is good. Zionsville, because of the merge with the two L-Card schools, yeah. Zionsville last year was the smallest 6A. They bumped down to 5A, and they play a 6A schedule. So Zionsville may not have an impressive record going to the postseason, but they have a chance to do some damage. So now we get to talking about Valpo, who brings back two Division I defensive linemen, and they get the starting quarterback from Lafayette, Jeff, that transfers to them. Uh, So there's that in 5A. And so this is where I rely on your Fort Wayne knowledge. I know Carroll and Homestead uh, are in the 6A ranks. Snyder is in 5A. Of those Summit Athletic Conference schools, who else is competing in the 5A state tournament, Bass.
1: Well, you sit there, and i just say this again. Carroll, by the way, you made mention really, really good. And very deep. And look for them to make some noise. I I look here at... uh, uh, Northrop, uh, just what they're doing, I know it's a big school, but Northside, uh, Southside actually this year is trem- a tremendous football team. Uh, even though they took a tough loss to Concordia, Southside I think is going to upset somebody in the sack. But really the sack this year, uh, coming out of that, in that area, uh, you got to look for Northside really to be the leader coming out. And everybody tells me the same thing in Fort Wayne. It's going to be Northside coming out of there as a five.
0: All right, so let's talk about the north, north end of 6A. Since you mentioned Carol, it's a great time to bring this up. Yeah. All right? I referenced Elkhart being in 6A. No more uh, no more Elkhart Central, no more Elkhart Memorial. It's just Elkhart. And so this is the, the odd year, so to speak, where there's not a reclassification. Okay, This is not every two years. We're in the middle of that. However, a year ago, the IHSAA wisely said, hey, listen, you know when, when the two Elkhart schools merge, We really can't have them playing in 5A. That is a 6A enrollment. So what happened was last year it was determined that we would have one group of teams for 6A and 5A in the fall of 2019. We would change that for 2020. You would not reclassify everybody, but the merged Elkhart High School would go into 6A. -hmm. I also referenced the fact that bumped Zionsville down to 5A because and you also took two teams out of the northern half of the 5A draw, and I think Zionsville got put in the northern half of the draw as well to kind of make up for that. But you have added a northern team in 6A. So what do you do? You have to force a team to the southern half of the bracket in 6A, and that team would be Carmel. <laughs> and so Carmel now goes south with the rest of their Mick rivals, which means that I can hear cheers from the region and from Fort Wayne and from wherever Penn's at in Granger, um, I can hear cheers from that part of the state right now. It will not be a Mick versus Mick matchup in the state championship game because all eight Mick teams are now in these southern 16 teams in the bracket. So for a Carroll, there's much rejoicing. For a Penn, there's much rejoicing. Again, Balpo's really good. They're 5A. They're not 6A. And you mentioned Merrillville. So now let's talk about the next kind of story that is peak 2020, a phrase we're all saying way too much of these days. So what Bob was alluding to the four Hammond schools elected a couple of weeks ago to say, Hey, we are not going to play football this year. Their neighbors in Whiting then joined them and said, we are not going to even try or bother no football on the lakefront this year. Well, Hammond Morton had a good run in 4A last year. And as Bob mentioned, They've got a handful of really high-end recruits. Three of those young men have transferred to Merrillville mm-hmm. to have a chance to play their senior season. And we can see those guys in a football field, if not by this week, then by next week when Doonland Conference play starts.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to say this too. I think the IHSA wisely uh, is accommodating these yes. uh, transfers because uh, if you're not going to have the sport – you're not transferring because of that, and, and so I, I think the IHSU once again uh, making a right move here with these kids.
0: Baz, let me say this: I have had zero problem with how the IHSA has handled this. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, and the you phrase know. you have heard me say is, "What's good for Pike may not be good for Pike Central." In other words, this is going to this this is going to play out differently in different parts of the state. Mm-hmm. And Paul Nighting, the brand new commissioner, has basically said, "If you feel you can't play." Okay, don't play. If you feel you can play, let's play. And let's hopefully have as many schools as possible that can have a full season. Let's have as many schools as possible get to the postseason. This is the joy of where everybody being in the tournament is a good thing. You don't worry about seeding them. You may be able to play two or three games. You'll still qualify for the postseason tournament. So I want to make sure we say that now. Um, as we wind things down, let's get to where we're going to be. Where you're going in week number two? Who's your game on Friday night?
1: Well, this Friday night we're going to be at Norfield as Tippy Valley comes to call. I'll say it this way: tentatively, we're scheduled to go to Norfield, but uh, things are going to change. I just know they are, and, and uh, uh, should be an interesting matchup. Both teams took a loss last weekend uh, as uh, Tippy Valley lost to CMA on um, a shutout, 17 uh, nothing, and then Northfield dropped a tough one over at uh, Bluffton, 25-13. I look at Coach Baker has 33 kids come out for the football team. His injury list has already got five. And so he's he's really, as Brandon and I talk, working on his depth uh, <laughs> because he just doesn't have the numbers. And uh, with the injuries, and I'm, I'm dead serious, uh, some of these kids of, of the five, three of them aren't going to be able to play this year at all. So uh, you, you have to look at a small school now uh, going up against a 3A, and that's what's going to be on Friday night at Norfield.
0: Right. Again, the, the, uh, the, the, the luck, the joy, whatever, it's great if you can go cover a high school football game, whether it's 1A through 6A. Consider yourself privileged given what we're all going through. One of the nice things about primarily doing 6A football, press box space tends to be less of a problem. Uh, you, you, know, you, you can find room for the television crew to broadcast. Uh, I get to be at Carmel uh, for their big game against Cathedral. Those two schools played frequently many years ago. They have not played, uh, uh, you know, in the last, I want to say six or seven years, uh, and so they are back on the schedule with each other, and this was this was not the, uh, the crossover, as Bob likes to say. This was not a marriage of convenience, uh, another phrase you, you could use. This was planned during the offseason that these two would play in week number two. Again, Carmel beat Plainfield 31-6. I'm not sure when you announced that game on Tuesday how much game planning there was going either direction. Carmel may have been a bit bland slash vanilla in that game. Uh, Cathedral was really impressive. Westfield's a solid 6A team, and Cathedral put 56 points on them in their own building, 56 to 20. So Carmel and Cathedral should be really good. That's the game that I will have on Friday night. You can watch it at Indy on my Indy TV 23. You can watch it in other parts of the state on Comcast 81, for those of you in the Fort Wayne and Lafayette area. Or if you're a subscriber to the ISC Sports Network, online at iscsportsnetwork.com. If you get the ISC Sports Network channel, that's the game you will see on our television airwaves on Friday night. One final thing before we let you go. You talk to a lot of coaches during the court. There's actually two things that I think about before I let you go. Um, You talk to a lot of coaches uh, as part of a weekly coaches show that you do uh, on 105.9 The Bash. Um, What's everybody's mindset slash attitude? When I talked to several coaches in your area in early August, it was, I'm just so happy we're back. I'm just so happy we're working with the kids. I'm so happy we had off-season workouts. And it seems like everybody has this kind of one day at a time, one week at a time attitude of, I appreciate where we are And I hope this lasts as long as possible. Is that kind of the feedback you're getting from coaches as well? I think it became real when it uh, it hit close to home with Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: McConaughey. Close school to all of us in our conference. And when it hit them, I think it got real for all of our football coaches. And uh, one of the questions I asked the coaches, how are you relating this situation to your kids about staying positive? Because we, as as coaches, have to stay positive and really – Get that out there to her kids and he said the kids are coming with great attitudes they're understanding what they have to do the coaches understand that each day we're blessed blessed to get that day in in this great game of football so they're just approaching it one day at a time because that's all they can approach it right now because it could come down and you you know this Greg it could come down to be in a non-football situation canceling all sports and, and so that's the thing they're trying to guard against at all these schools, stay positive, stay up with the kids, keep reiterating, wear your mask, you know, make sure you wash your hands
0: and, uh, and play tomorrow. But they keep saying,
1: we play today to practice tomorrow.
0: Other thing, and again, for those that don't know, my friend has a many years background as an official in this state. And, um, maybe because, Enough games were postponed in week one. We didn't reach this critical mass, although there were several games that were Saturday games. Were. And Valpo, uh, Bremen-St. Joe, although I think that game was week one because it was such a late pickup on the schedule. I wanted an extra day to prepare. Kokomo and Western ended up being a Saturday game, uh, Saturday night game at Walter Cross Field. But that's something we're going to have to deal with because of, you know, we were hitting an official shortage before all of this. But as you well know, the average age of officials in the state of Indiana is about 55. Yes, sir. You're going to have several officials that say, hey, I love doing this. I'm not going to take the health risk and do this. We're going to see a, little more, a few more Saturday games because of that this year. Just kind of your thoughts on, on where we're heading in that direction, Matt?
1: It's, it's a great comment and question because I actually worked a game Saturday afternoon over at Oak Hill as a, a freshman scrimmage to talk to the guys that I work with and how their crews – are adjusting to all this. As far as I know, there were eight total crews in the state that said we're not going to work. And uh, I think we got enough crews right now to cover that. But I think if you start getting into the mid uh, 15 to 20 crews, yeah. then we're going to have issues around the state. And and uh, we're no different. I mean, look at me, I'm 67. And uh, I'm a prime candidate, as, as they say. But you go out there and you do things the right way. And this is something we talked about Saturday, Greg, is do it the right way. Uh, you'll hopefully keep yourself safe. And when I'm standing on the sideline listening to the coaches talk to their players, that's what they're telling. Social distancing, that's exactly what they're saying. Get your social distance. and all of a sudden, Because remember now, there's 10 extra yards on the sideline for players only to spread out, except the coaches at times think they're players too. And they want to go down closer to
0: the end zone. So we have learned, if nothing else, in week one, the get-back coach is now the social distance coach. We have yes. to rename that coach for the entirety of this year. Baz, it is wonderful to be with you, if if only in Zoom. We'll do this again next week. It's great talking football with you again. Good seeing you, and uh, don't shave yet. You. You're looking awfully good. Especially on the radio. I look so much better on the radio. I'm sorry, you, you, do have faith in